I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word and uh, open it up to Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to talk to you about a guy named Enoch. Uh, how many of you know, have heard the name Enoch in the Bible? Uh, how many of you know a whole lot about Enoch? How many of you have, have ever read the book of Enoch? Did you know there was one? And uh, you don't need to read it, by the way. But it is quoted in the book of Jude. And, you know, when we come to um, a, a guy named Enoch, honestly, there's not a lot that we know about him. But what we know about him is pretty significant. And uh, really, there's great application when we look at, at Enoch uh, in the Bible. There's great application for our life. gives us opportunity to, uh, to embark on our journey and live in our space and in our way. Notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, uh, it's interesting that uh, when we go back to Genesis here in a few seconds, it's, a, it's amazing that as little as we know about Enoch, he still makes the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Because we don't know much about him. But there's still a lot that can be applied to our own life. And so here's what it is. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11 as we think about uh, a man who pleases God. And that's my thought today. Are you a man that pleases God. In your life, in your journey, in your relationships, with your words, with your walk, with your witness, with your service, are you a man that pleases God? And so here's what it says. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. Now, that's pretty cool. How many of you agree? That's pretty cool right there. Uh, he was taken from this life that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was, command, he was commended as one who pleased God. Then look at verse 6. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him, talking about God, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, guys, as we, uh, as we think about Enoch, we don't know a lot about Enoch. But what we do know about Enoch is pretty significant. And uh, as we look at Enoch, there's something very interesting about him is that it appears that he didn't die. That he was just simply taken away. How many of you know who the other person in the Bible was that also did not die? Elijah, all right? And there are some who believe that as you journey forward to the Revelation, uh, that the two witnesses are Enoch and Elijah because uh, they didn't die. And they were both righteous. Obviously, Elijah was probably considered, if you look at his life and the amount of uh, time that is, is uh, spent in God's Word on his life, certainly Elijah could be accounted as one of the greatest prophets there was. Uh, Enoch, we know, uh, if we know a lot about Elijah, we know very, very little about Enoch. But here's what it simply says, By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, Hebrews chapter 11, and did not experience death. He could not be found because he had been taken away. For he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Guys, do we please God? When we leave here today, is it already your heartbeat and thought as you make your journey through this day that in whatever endeavor you're a part of, are you desiring to please God? 
Now, if that's kind of the, um, the hall of faith reflection on Enoch's life, let's go back to Genesis and say, wow, what an incredible statement. He pleased God. He was taken away. Didn't seem to see death. Uh, man, that's a lot. So that's kind of a quick summary of his life. Let's go back to Genesis and see everything we know about his life. All right. So go back to Genesis chapter five. If that was simply the summary. Let's go back and see everything that we could possibly want to know about Enoch. It says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he, gave, he became the father of Methuselah. How many of you ever heard of Methuselah? Uh, what is the old phrase about Methuselah? You're as old as Methuselah. Now, I don't know how old Methuselah was, but apparently he was old because I've, said, I've heard that phrase forever. But So it says, Enoch, when he was 65 years old, became the father of Methuselah. And he became the father of Methuselah. Enoch walked faithfully with God for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Okay, so apparently Methuselah is the only one we're going to mention. Then look at his verse 23. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked, here it is again, faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. That's all we know. So it's not like uh, we know for sure that uh, Enoch went on missionary journeys. It's not that we know for sure that Enoch pastored churches or planted churches. It's not that he was a long-serving deacon. It's not that he gave massive amounts of wealth uh, to Christian causes or, or faith. We don't know that much. But still, he lived faithfully enough that he gets brought up in the hall of faith. So the question for us is if this, if a guy we know very little about can end up in the hall of faith, can you? Can I? And I'll submit to you the answer is yeah. Now we clearly have the written word, so we're not actually going to put our names back in Hebrews chapter 11. But can we be the kind of people, can we be the kind of men that please God? I think we all can. Now, up until this moment, you might have had seasons of faithfulness. But I want to invite you beginning today to make the rest of your life a walk of faithfulness. Up until now, we might have had seasons that we truly please God. My invitation today for all of us is to live the rest of our life pleasing God. You say, well, 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 pastor, what's the progression? What's the simple step? Well, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11 real quick and, and pick it up in verse 6. And notice in verse 6, if you want to be a man that pleases God, if you want to be a man that walks faithfully with God, notice the progression that we see in verse 6. Here's what it says. And without faith, everybody say faith. That's the first part. We all have to have faith. Ultimately, faith to believe that God exists. And there are many reasons to believe that God exists. The finely tuned universe, so many other things that you could go read about and think about. Clearly, the universe that we live in and what we see around us did not happen by chance. There is a God. 
And you and I have to live with an understanding of faith and a belief that He exists. So everything you and I do, if we're going to walk faithfully with God and we're going to please God, it's going to start with faith. Now, faith not that just God exists, but, for, but also a faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, that there comes a moment in every man's life, in every person's life, where we come to grips with our own sinfulness, that we're not as good as we think we are, that, that, that if ultimately, truly, we stood today before the judicial system of God and God took all of our good works and all of our bad works, there would never be a moment in the season where the scales would weigh in our favor. That we have to understand fully as we come to grips that our sin has separated us from a holy and righteous God, but the God who spoke the word into, world into existence loved us so much in spite of ourselves that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross. And not only did he die, he was buried, he rose again the third day. And there has to be a moment in every man's life where you, by faith, you believe, you trust in Jesus' finished work on the cross that brings salvation and the forgiveness of sins. Now, but it doesn't stop there. Because notice the progression. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, if you turn that around, that means now with faith, it is in fact possible to please God. Guys, if you are sitting here in your, in your mind's eye or in your thought or in your wondering, could I ever please God? Not in your own flesh but through faith. Because he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That means with faith, it must be possible. How many of us understand that? Do you realize there where you are? That the improbable has become probable. The impossible has become possible. Those things that you did not think were an opportunity for you to do in the past, you now have the opportunity to do in the present. See, the truth is we all have the opportunity, although we know very little about Enoch, we all have the opportunity to walk faithfully with God and please God. And that is a great thing, guys, that because of the grace of God, regardless of your past, regardless of where you've been, regardless of your broken relationships, regardless of any of that, how you've handled your finances, how you've handled your words, how you've handled your relationships up until now, none of that matters. Because if you have faith now, it is possible for you to please God. And I'm even talking to the guy here that you would think in your mind's eye, if these other guys on Zoom or these other guys sitting around me only knew what I had done, they would reject me. Even with that in your past, you can still please God in your present. And that is an amazing thing. But it doesn't just come out of our own flesh. It comes, first of all, by faith. And with faith, it is, in fact, possible to please God. But it starts with salvation. And so, guys, hopefully you've let it start there. But notice that the progression doesn't stop there. It says, first of all, faith precedes pleasing God. And then notice what it says, and with faith it is possible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he, listen to this, rewards. Everybody, how many of you like rewards? I'm a big fan of them. 
Hey, you know, even though I'm, I, you know, I've been called to ministry and I, I'm a pastor, I like to be rewarded every couple of weeks with the automatic deposit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I, I like to be rewarded for my efforts and my energy. Plus, it makes Gina a lot happier, right? When I bring home a fresh box of, uh, of ramen noodles and say, honey, we got paid again today. And I say, enjoy, you know, throw some chicken in there with it. I mean, we like rewards. And listen, the God who spoke the world into existence promises, guys, to reward every one of you. And that is an incredible thing. You're not going to be the least and last of all the men in God's kingdom. Although everybody else may know very little about your life and your service to God, do you realize that God's going to reward you for it? I mean, we're not told chapter upon chapter. I mean, when you look at Enoch, go, go read the life of Joseph. How many of you love reading about Joseph? Man, it, it takes up basically half of the book of Genesis, and you sit there and go, dude, that dude's a stud. That dude's a stud. That dude's a stud. How did he do that? And that dude's a stud. I mean, we just look at Joseph's life all the way to the end, finally gets a shot. To give it back to his brothers. How many of you had those kind of brothers when you were growing up? And, and, and that dude took a path that I would not have taken. Would anybody have taken the path? I, I mean, you know, hey, you know, it's one of those things that that would have been a great opportunity to kind of twist the knife, wouldn't it? You know, hey, boys, remember, uh, remember that whole selling me into slavery thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want food. Yeah. Can you imagine how that would have happened, right? Uh, I've got something else for you. But Joseph, amazing guy. We have all of these volumes, all of these chapters on Joseph. Then this dude named Enoch had a kid named Methuselah. <laughs> and that's honestly what he's most well known for. How many of you know that? I mean, Methuselah, we, the oldest Methuselah. But here is the amazing thought. We know very little about this dude. But this dude's rewarded by God. Guys, I want to tell you this. You don't have to stand on that stage and talk every Sunday morning. You don't have to stand in front of a life group and teach every Sunday morning. You have to go, don't, go, don't have to go on a thousand mission trips or be written up in Christianity today for God to take note of everything that you do and everything that I do and reward you for it. And guys, I want you to know, there is nothing wrong with being rewarded for your faithfulness. There's nothing wrong with that. God built us in such a way that rewards encourage us to stay faithful. And God looks down from heaven and says, listen, whatever you do, know I see it. You may think it's small. Others may think it's small. You may never be in front of the, on the stage. You may never be on the spotlight. You may totally be a background player. But everything you do for God, He takes note of. I mean, have you ever just thought about it? And I want you to know this is totally hyperbole. This is totally exaggeration. But you know, it's almost as if God, when he is sitting up there looking down at you and looking down at me, 
uh, and he looks down and he, he sees one of us do something cool. He goes, hey, write that down. And then you do something else that no one else sees and God says, hey, write that down. And some of you guys battle back from a sinful past. And all of, the, all of the sudden, it's one of those seasons and moments when in the past, you would have taken a little out of the kitty and put it in your pocket, but instead you took a little out of the kitty and you gave it to someone else. And God says, write that down. In the past, when you, have when you would have taken a relationship and destroyed it, but all of a sudden, because of God's grace in your life and a desire to please God, instead of you destroying a relationship, you restore a relationship. And God says, hey, write that down. All of a sudden in the past, when you would have heard an announcement about, hey, uh, come up here and help build this house or serve in vacation Bible school or whatever, and you're like, yeah, yada, 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 all of a sudden you do it, and God says, write that down. Guys, I want you to know, God's writing it down. And I love this idea. It says, He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Man, what an incredible thought. What a, so if you've got Enoch who was taken up into heaven, Elijah was taken up into heaven, a lot of times the sermons that I hear about Enoch and Elijah if you're putting them two together, they're, they're always wanting to talk about the two witnesses in Revelation. And that is pure conjecture. It might be possible, but we don't know. But most people spend more time talking about something Scripture isn't explicit about than talking about what Scripture is explicit about. Because they'll spend time talking about that. What do we know? is that he was a man who walked faithfully with his God and pleased God. That's what we know. So guys, today I want to talk to you about not what we don't know. Let me tell you what. It's kind of cool talking about the end times. I love it. And, and, and there have been a lot of people making a lot of money selling you books that we don't know if they're that true or not. And I'm not against them. I want you to know. If you like reading fiction, just know it's fiction, all right? If you wanted to read truth, go read Revelation, and there's what we have. But here is the reality. What we know about this dude is that he walked faithfully with God. And so can you. And so can I. In all of our brokenness, in all of our failures, in all of our struggles, we can walk faithfully with God. So that leads us to the question. What does it take, if we think about the progression, faith, pleasing God, rewards? What does it look like to please God? All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to show it to you, and I'm going to give you some ideas. If you and I want to live, and I think we should, we want to live in such a way that we please God. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 12, and I'm going to give you five ways today that you and I can totally and completely please God. And here's what I want you to know, guys. God's going to reward you for every one of them. God's going to reward you for every one of them. Now, apparently, Enoch didn't receive his rewards here on this earth. 
just says he was taken away. Actually, actually, the Hebrew kind of says they didn't find the dude, all right? It's like he just went off for a walk someday and never came back. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Where's Enoch? Don't know. He just, he was heading that way. <laughs> That's all we got, right? And what an incredible thought. And That's all we know. He's just gone. But here's how we can live in such a way that after faith, we please God and all of these things will be rewarded. So here it is, Colossians chapter 1. This is Paul praying for a church, the people in Colossae. He says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Now, I, I think that means that, uh, that Paul knew that there were people in Colossians who were in Colossae that were a lot like you dudes. All right, that from the day he heard about you, he didn't stop praying because he knew what? He knew y'all needed a lot of prayer. Isn't that right, Keith? Y'all needed a lot of prayer. He says, man, from the moment I heard about you, you needed a lot of prayer, so I pray. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with knowledge through his will and all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Now, here it is, verse 10. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord to please him. In every way. Now, now listen. Enoch had faith, pleased God. We don't know what that was, but he was rewarded. As we think about really what does it mean to please God, it is not something that is unattainable. It is not something that is only for a select few. I want you to know, Billy Graham is not the only dude in his generation that pleased God. There were thousands, javen, millions upon millions upon millions who also pleased God. They just didn't get on the stage. Guys, I want you to know, in this church, there are hundreds of guys that please God, that never stand on that stage on Sunday morning. There are guys in this room that please God. And guys, if you're one of those guys that is sitting there that Satan has lied to you and said, you know what, because of your past, you will never be able to please God, I want you to know that that is horsepucky. That comes from the Greek word horsepuckyamos, okay? That Satan will lie to you. It's pretty concrete. And so I love what Paul says. He says, from the moment I heard of you, from the day I heard of you, in Colossae, I have not stopped praying that you would please God. And I love this idea that although we don't know much about Enoch's life, we know he was a man of faith, we know he pleased God, we know he walked with God, that Paul comes over and uses the same phraseology that we see in Hebrews, that we please God, and he gives us five thoughts. So guys, just write these down. If you want to live a life that pleases God, here it is. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. Well, what is that? Here it is, number one. Bearing fruit in every good work. Write that, write that down. Bearing fruit in every good work. Let me ask you a question. Where is your fruit? Where is your fruit? Man, if God's up there going, write that down, what is he writing down? Where is your good works? Where is... Now, how many of you know, we, hopefully everybody knows online, podcast, whatever in this room, good works do not save us. How many of you know that? 
But after I've been saved by faith, my life should be filled with good works. Not to become saved, but because I'm saved. And so here's the idea, is that there ought to be things that you and I do in our lives that could be categorized as good works for God. And I know, he says, bearing fruit in every good work. You want to know what that word, that word work means, guys? How many of you want to know it? That means work. That, that means there ought to be things that you do in your Christian walk that are like work. Is there anybody in here that you love every part of your job? If you do, I want to know what job you have. Because I'm the pastor of this church, and I do not like every part of my job. In fact, I don't even like the people who are on my staff. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's work. That's work. Guys, if it, yeah. <laughs> Here's the point. Bearing fruit in every good work. Listen, guys, if, if you're only about doing the fun stuff and the faith, you're probably not putting in a lot of energy. You're probably not putting in a lot of effort. I, I think there ought to be some ideas from time to time in our lives when we think about walking in faith that, that we ought to say, you know what, I'm doing this just because it's the right thing. It's not because I want to do it. We're talking about building a house. Some of you, man, it's kind of your thing. There are guys, I know guys in our church, they, they, they say, man, I just go out in the shop, out in my garage, and I just kind of whittle on some things, and man, it just kind of relaxes me. Is there anybody in here that you're like that? that you, how many of you at least know someone like that? Man, I go try to cut something and put it together, and it's not 12 seconds in, I'm hacked off and I want it to be over. Anybody like that to me? There ought to be some things in our faith that require a little work. That you go, you know, I really don't want to do this, but we're going to have 12, 1,300 kids signed up for vacation Bible school. At least they're going to need somebody to slap a knot on some kid's head. How many, you, we can sign me up for that, right? I, I can at least hold doors. I can say hello. I can help park cars. I can do something. I, 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 on Sunday morning, that I, there's something I can do. I can open a door. I can help park cars. I don't want to do it. He says, bearing fruit in every good work. What does that mean, every good work? That means it requires work. Guys, if, if the whole sum of your faith is feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, you're missing out on the good stuff. You're missing out on the good stuff that gets rewarded. And let me tell you what, beyond that, if, if, if your Christian life is feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, and then you sit around and complain about what you've been fed, you've missed the mark. It shocks me the number of times that, that some of the people that do nothing but take and feed off the tree of the faith are also the ones that complain about the fruit all the time. And I'm like, what have you done to cultivate the tree? What have you done to feed someone else? And so, guys, here's what we want to know. If we want to please God, bear fruit in every good work. Now, that's positive, too. You could also translate that word every as anything. Dude, anything. Find something. I guarantee you every one of us can find some things that we could do for other people 
that again, it might not end up in Christianity today. Christian World Magazine may never come over and interview you. By the way, I don't even know if that's a real magazine. But God's going to say, write that down. So bear fruit in every good work. What are you doing? Here's number two. Right? He says, you would please God in every way by bearing fruit in every good work. Now here's this, growing in the knowledge of God. Now that's what you're doing right here. Man, I want to study God's word. I want to learn more about God. There's a place for that. And I want you to know the more we can learn, the more you can study God's word, the more you can understand the vastness of who God is, that he's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, soteriology, even learning how to spell some of those words, ecclesiology, eschatology. Those are all great things to learn about. And you need to learn more and more about it. You need to study your words. You need to grow in your faith. You need to sit under great teaching. You need to be in a life Group. You need to be in worship. You need to listen to podcasts. I mean, growing in your faith is important. Growing in the knowledge of God is important. And God says, hey, write that down. But I want you to know, he says, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. The summation of your Christian walk and my Christian walk as Christian men is not that I would learn more and more and more and more and more. And I would sit in a Bible study and another Bible study and another Bible study and another Bible study. But at some point that I would apply that to work. And here's number three. Look, if you want to please God. He says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that, listen to this, you might have great endurance and patience. So here it is. I'm going to work I'm going to know God, and then I'm going to be strengthened that I would have endurance and great patience as I journey through life. And as you think about that work, knowledge, endurance, and patience as I'm strengthened. And those work together. Man, if you think about working, if you think about training, if you think about doing it, it always helps you as you think. Let's say that you were going to go out and you're going to run a marathon or you're going to get uh, physically fit or you're going to lose some weight. What is it? Hey, put in the work. Get some knowledge. It does help you to know, eat this, don't eat this, eat this, don't eat this, eat this instead of eating this, right? But then you also have to get stronger in your willpower and your habits, developing these things in such a way that I've got some staying power that I'm not bailing out as soon as things get hard, that I want to be in such a way that, man, I want to be like Enoch. I don't know a lot about his life, but I've got some staying power as God strengthens me and gives me endurance as I journey through life. And, man, what an incredible thought is that I can please God, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that, I love that, so that, you would have great endurance and patience. But it doesn't stop there. Notice. And giving joyful thanks to the Father. Giving joyful thanks to the Father. Guys, do you live a life with an attitude where I joyfully praise God? God, thank you for what you've done in my life. God, thank you for your grace and your love. God, thank you for the forgiveness that you've given me and the mercy you've shown me. God, thank you for not holding my sins against me. 
God, thank you for blessing me when I was selfish, putting up with me when I was mean. God, thank you for all of those things. And I want to joyfully, God, give you thanks with every breath, with every relationship, with every season, with every moment from this day forward. God, let me have a spiritual smile on my face. And God, let me put a spiritual smile on somebody else's face. When they see me coming, they can know, they can know, they can know that I'm just a man who's trying to please his God. I am not perfect. Guys, do you realize what a release that is? That from this moment on, you can just, regardless of your past, you can walk up to people and just exude this attitude. I'm just a dude trying to please my God. Hang around me. Not every word I say is going to please God, but I'm a dude trying. Not everything I do is going to please God, but I'm trying. Not every relationship am I going to do the right thing in, but I'm trying. And guys, there is something refreshing about encountering a man that just exudes the idea that he's trying to please God. You want to impact your wife? You want to impact, have an impact on those at your office? Those you hang out with? Those you have breakfast with? Just live with that humble attitude. I'm just a dude who's trying to please God. Hey guys, let me let you in on the secret. God says... Hey, write that down. Write that down. Let's pray. God, thank you for this guy we know very little about. Name Enoch. It just demonstrated a life that apparently didn't create enough fanfare for it to be taken down in Scripture. That spiritually, apparently, he didn't build tall buildings and climb high mountains and fly to the distant seas and change cultures and lives. And he apparently didn't rule over anything, or at least not much. But the God who spoke the world and spoke the world and the universe into existence took note said, hey, write that down. And it was written down in Genesis. And a couple thousand years later, God says, hey, write that down. And it was written down again in Hebrews. God, let us this day be the kind of men 
that live in such a way that we cause you to lean over to the angels of heaven and say, write that down. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. God bless you guys. Y'all have a great day. Y'all have a great day.